Welcome to the podcast, Vaginas and Vertebrae, where two doctors talk all about down there topics that seem to be overlooked. Whether it be mindset, body image, self-love, or medical questions, we dive deep into all aspects of being female. Dr. Madeline is a chiropractor who is on a mission to inspire women to reconnect to their bodies and reclaim their power. Dr. Kaylee is a pelvic floor physical therapist, spreading the truth that your vagina is magical. And as a woman, you deserve to rid of all the shame, guilt, and fear, limiting you from stepping into your boss bitch self. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Thank you so much for your support of our podcast, Vaginas and Vertebrae. Please understand that all of the information, whether it be by Dr. Kaylee, Dr. Madeline, or our guest, is all solely based on personal and professional opinion. Nothing that we say or give information on should be utilized in place of any medical advice that has been given to you. If you are experiencing any medical symptoms, signs of issue or dysfunction, please make sure that you follow up with your physician and make sure you are following all of the plans of care. We are not saying that we have a physician-patient relationship with any of our listeners, so therefore we do not have any liability with what you do with the information that you gain from this podcast. Thank you so much again for listening, and we're super excited that you were just so chill, and you're ready to learn, and you're ready to listen to the way that we feel about what's going on in women's health care. Perfect. Welcome, everyone, to another wonderful episode of our favorite podcast, Vaginas and Vertebrae. This is Dr. Kaylee. We do not have Dr. Madeline with us today, but she is excited to have this episode out. We are so pumped for our next guest interview with Dr. Paige, and I'm going to go ahead and give the mic over to her to let her introduce herself. We just want to know a little bit about who you are. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my name is Dr. Paige. I actually just moved out here to Florida um, because my husband got a new job. And so we came from Texas, literally, like I graduated, we walked off the stage and like a week later, we were like driving out to Florida. Um, so I literally, like, I just started uh, my own practice here in Florida. I started accepting patients um, in January. And it has become this like thing that I didn't know existed. I didn't know how wonderful it could be to accept patients kind of on my own terms and on what they need. Um, and people ask me all the time, well, why did you start your own business? You just graduated. You probably don't know enough. Like, are you really like skilled enough to help these people without anybody else around you? That's and my I favorite like, question. I'm like, please underestimate me. Let's please. see where this goes. Let's do it. <laughs> Um, and like, I actually was in an outpatient ortho clinic where it was like 14 patients plus per day. And I wanted to help moms. I've always wanted to help moms. Like I just like sports is cool. I did sports my whole life. I get that mindset, but like moms are my people. And I'm like, mm -hmm. can't I start like a women's health portion of this clinic? And when I first hired on, they're like, sure, like, we'll definitely talk about that. And then when I wanted to do it, they were like, no. And I was like, well, that sucks let's, let's talk about this. And they were like, no. And I was like, cool. And on top of that, I was, I just didn't understand why we couldn't help moms in the location that they were in. And I, this was also like a part of learning about why insurance is no fun at all for anybody. And I was like, why can't we go to moms? 
don't you like have you had a toddler around do you know how hard it is to leave a house with a baby and a toddler and a car seat and a bag and all these things and it just wasn't something that anybody was willing to let me do mm-hmm. and I was like you don't want me to let me do this like why can't we do this and they're like well you'll never get paid mm-hmm. moms will never pay for you one I am a ray of sunshine they love seeing me and two, like, just because you don't think they will, and like, you don't think anybody like values what I do, like that does not mean I don't value what I do and that my clients don't value me. Uh, and I was just like, I'm going to do this. And by I say, I'm going to do this. I was like, uh, God told me I was going to do it. And he told me in a very way that there was no other option. And I was like, sweet, let's mm-hmm. do it. And, you know, through a lot of support and a whole lot of work, I now go to mom's homes. Like I now like take all of PT with me, all of my exercise, everything with me. And I go there and I hear how much they never knew that we could do. How Mm. much that they'd just been living with because somebody told them that this was normal. That somebody told them like there was no way this was ever going to change. And just getting in there and explaining some of the things that they're feeling. And it's just through like, you know, one muscle connects to, you know, this bone and to this bone. And this is why this is doing this. They're like, wait, this could have been helped. Like, absolutely. Like my pain during pregnancy could have been helped. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and there's only one public health clinic in this area and everybody refers to them and they don't have to work nearly as hard for clients because they're the only, or they were the only ones. And so like now that I'm getting out there and I'm putting myself out there and I'm on social media and we're doing these things, moms are like, this is a thing. And like, where has this been? And why don't my OB or my you know, GYN know about it? And I was like, because I haven't been here yet, but we're working to change that because that's what this podcast is about mm-hmm. is just changing the global atmosphere of women's health. Yeah. One city at a time, one podcast at a time. And I work with moms um, because I came from a single dad household and God bless that man. He was, you know, Mr. Mom in every way, shape and form um, that he could be except for in the realm of women's health because he didn't know. And this was, you know, like back when I think I was born in what, 93. So this was in early internet days. So there wasn't a whole lot to do, like to find. And he would ask and he would fight for me and he would do whatever it took. And I got adopted by a lot of friends, moms, because they felt bad because I was raised by a single dad, but nobody wanted to talk about vaginas. Nobody yeah. wanted to talk about periods. And like, it's stuff that like my older sister who had a better relationship with our mother than I did actually had to come and teach me how to insert a tampon because my dad was like, here's a pamphlet. I don't know what to do with you. Yeah. And from that, I just learned how much like one single parent is just rough and you are piloting a boat by yourself, but how like much the family dynamics change, how much better children grow, how much better, more they learn, how much more emotionally stable they are when there is two healthy parents. And when I started Women's Health, I didn't realize I was doing this to help me, but like I'm doing this to help the children that were me. Because if I can put content out there that a dad can look at and be like, oh, well, I know who to take my child to, or even like content for moms and working with moms, like if I can help them be better for them, how much better can their relationship with their husband be? And how much better then do they parent their children? What does that relationship look like? And overall, like moms pilot families. 
they mm -hmm. do. Like dads are oftentimes, and this might be very stereotypical, but like oftentimes like dads at their workhorses, they're the ones driving the families, but moms are the ones directing. And so how much more can I help their family by just by helping them feel better? Mm -hmm. And why on God's green earth have we not done this yet? Because yeah. we're changing literally the future one mom at a time, because if she can parent her kids better, what happens like when they grow up, they know more, they're more compassionate. They had, you know, all the things that we probably wish we could have had as kids. And I can do that by helping their mom. Yeah. And so that is just one of the reasons why like moms are my people. Plus they're like doing a thousand things at one time and they're always watching kids and they're talking, we're chatting, we're having the best time in treatments. And I'm like, is your kid supposed to be climbing on that? And they're like, Mm, they're fine. And we keep going. It's <laughs> spectacular. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I think that there's a lot of really cool points that you had made. And the first of which was when you were sharing your business journey about people were telling you, you couldn't do that and you couldn't pay for that. And how often do we hear our moms say that you can't get help with that, or you just have to live with that, or you just have to do that, or you're just going to pee your pants for the rest of your life or you're going to have pain with sex. And I think that that's a really important thing to find providers that recognize that that's out there in the society and in the world, but it's not, it's not what we believe in. And it's not something that we want you to feel about yourself. Right. And so I think that that's a really important point that you brought up. And I love the conversation and like answering the question of like, why? Cause I was going to ask you, of course, why you chose to work with moms. And I love that you were able to share with us that story because I know we all have different reasons for working with the population that we work with. And the cool thing is when you can find a provider like Dr. Page or myself, who is specific to like a niche market or a market of women or a market to men, or we only have like this specific like realm of people that we treat, you're going to get so much more care from that because that's literally where all of our passion lies. And I love that. So thank you so much for sharing that story. I think that that's really empowering. And where at in Florida are you? So I am in Melbourne, um, which is like, I think pretty much on the opposite side of the state as you. Yep. Yep. I actually yeah. had a rotation, a clinical rotation in Melbourne at a um, skilled nursing facility. So I love that place. It's a beautiful place. It is, <laughs> it's, it's really funny because like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to go to St. Pete. Like, I yep. want to know what it looks like over there. And then people are like showing up and it's a tourist destination here. And I'm like, this is where I live. <laughs> I live where you vacation. That's cool though. Yeah. Well, I want to kind of, cause the, the, the whole role of this podcast is to really talk about specific like guidelines, specific things, birth related, specific things that moms can do who are pregnant currently and that they can get from this podcast. And I want us to talk a little bit about what you feel is something that women deserve more of during their preparation for birth, labor, and delivery in your professional opinion. Yeah, so this has almost become like a soapbox. And I know that you jump on this soapbox too. And it's probably one of my favorite things about this podcast. Um, it's just like edu-freaking-cation. Yep. Like, unfortunately, how the insurance world works and how providers and OBs, even some of the best ones, they have limits on time. And they can only go over so much with you unless they are operating outside of the insurance world and more of a concierge type practice. But how many moms have you talked to that don't know that there's a walking epidural mm -hmm. or that there are other forms of pain management, like breathing, which we're in, that's a whole other soapbox, like water, oxygen, um, nitrous oxide, that's literally in the hospital room, like connected to the wall. 
and like all of these things that are possible counter pressure doulas like doulas don't get enough credit they also don't get enough advertising um and to me like just opening up one mom's like idea of what birth has to look like Mm -hmm. is so rewarding because like we both have um our birth prep series that we do and just going through even with like i had a veterinarian who she called me and she wanted to go through her i called them birth guidelines because nobody really follows plans and baby doesn't care what your plans are um so i called them birth guidelines i think you call them birth preferences (laughs) um but like she has an intimate knowledge of anatomy granted it's mostly, you know, horses and dogs and cats, but like she has a better idea and just bringing to the the thought process, like, do you know what stress does to labor? Like Mm -hmm. stress can actually stall your labor. So if you're like rushing out the door and somebody forgets the go bag and we have to go back and you get to the hospital and all of a sudden you're not really in labor anymore and you're not dilating and you're not ready to go and they send you back home. And like just going over like little things that make the most difference Mm -hmm. and it's something as simple as pain relief it's something as simple as what is an episiotomy why do I have to have this or do I get a choice in this and like you can have a home birth you can have a water birth you can you know lay on your side if you have an epidural with your foot in a stirrup and you know that way you're actually off your pelvic floor and we're able to you know hopefully for the most part like help provide some more support and some just some more help to your pelvic floor because everybody's heard that horror story from their mom or their best friend or their best friend's aunt etc and that's all they know Mm -hmm. um and I have a patient right now who came to me and she was like look I demanded a c-section because I was just straight terrified and now like we're dealing with the things that came from the c-section as well as from her not knowing her body and not knowing that like things like arch pain can legitimately come from your pelvic floor or, you know, and like TMJ can come from your pelvic floor, like jaw pain and just like teasing out these things that she didn't know. It just makes me so much more like, I just want to be so much more aggressive with this education and be like, do you know this? Because this could be the difference for you between a C-section and progressive labor. It's just movement. And like, what is safe for you versus, you know, oh, I have to be in the bed. I have to have my feet in stirrups and there's going to be only one doctor in the room. That's not how hospital births work. And you sure as heck better be prepared for like four nurses and you know, your GY, your OBGYN looking at you and being able to relax your pelvic floor. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but that makes my pelvic floor go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just important too, because everybody knows that's listening to this, that listens to our podcast and follows us, that that's our big goal is to really just get education out there. And everyone knows that I'm a big supporter of whatever choice that you choose. So even if you do often want to have like a C-section and things like that, we are still equipped to give you education to prevent pelvic floor dysfunction after, because a big myth is if I have a C-section, I won't have any problems, but it's actually a myth. And we do work (laughs) with things like that too. But just know that you have choices and you have options to learn these things. And I love what you said about the education portion with learning about your own body, because I can't, sometimes I have to step back and actually remember like who I was before I started doing women's health, Mm -hmm. because I never knew anything about my own body. And very similar to yourself, I was raised in a household, um, not well different, of course, but 
I had three older brothers and my dad and then a sister and my mom, but we never talked about anything woman related. Like, and I remember my tampons, like my menstrual pads, all of that had to be wrapped in toilet paper and thrown out in the outside garbage. I was not allowed to leave it in the trash can. And it's not because of anything other than we just didn't know how to talk about it in our house and it's nobody's fault. But like, when is the education? When are we going to actually take a turn to talk about these things? Because it's not a gross thing. It's not a situation that we should not be able to talk about. A single dad should be able to talk about like periods to their daughter. We yep. should also be able to talk about what's actually going to happen to your vagina and your pelvic floor during delivery. It mm -hmm. is capable of handling this, but why? What's the science? What's the physics? What are all the things behind it? I love that because it's so true. And how often we get people that come in, and I've talked about this here before, where I'll get clients come in and their homework is literally to look at themselves in the mirror. And I'll give them a mirror and I make them look at their pelvic floor. And I can't tell you how many people get really, really like stressed out about it. I haven't looked down there after giving birth or I don't know what it looks like. Is it supposed to look like that? And that's such a great conversation. And I love having it in my office. Like, yeah, it is supposed to look like that because that's what you look like, <laughs> you know, and I love number, it. Number one question, am I normal? Mm -hmm. There are so many varying shades of normal, but yes, you are. I know it's insane too, because like, of course we say that and we think about that, but it's interesting to also take the concept of someone coming into pelvic floor, because we talk about this a lot on the podcast as well. It's hard to come in and see a pelvic PT or even a chiropractor or anyone for any issue like that during pregnancy or postpartum, because society has made you feel like that means something's wrong with you, but that's not necessarily the case. It's really just coming in for the education during pregnancy. And so I love how you explain that because I think that that's super, super, super important. And I know that one of your big passions is to really explain, um, obviously like movement during labor, progressive labor and all of those things. But I know that you love to talk about, and this is just me following you on social media, talking to you privately and hearing things about you. The like six weeks before you give birth, I know is kind of like your go-to, like your favorite time to talk to people about things. What are some of the top tips and pieces of advice that you would give our listeners about their six weeks, their last six weeks of pregnancy? The number one thing is like, you don't have to be massively uncomfortable. Like, I get so much of like, well, I'm just a whale. So I just expect that I'm going to feel like crap because I'm growing a tiny human and they're taking a third of my blood supply and I need all these extra calories and I don't feel like being intimate or even being close or naked in front of my partner. And like, like first and foremost, it's an empowerment stance is my last six weeks because what you feel like going into labor and birth really matters. Like if you don't feel comfortable in your own body, if you don't feel like you can do this, if you don't feel like you've been prepared or that your provider cares, all of that stuff makes a huge difference in the motherhood transition. Um, and I totally stole that word from you guys and I absolutely love it. Um, and like just changing from it's uh, just the two of us or, you know, it's just me and these two children that I've already had and we've established you know, kind of the societal roles or like our roles in our household to adding somebody new in and it cha completely changing how we've done things. Like the mental aspect of it and the emotional sides of it are where I go to first. And it's really just because like, if I can't connect with you on an emotional level and get you to process where you're at and where we're going to be moving towards, it makes like your birth story kind of seem a little bit more just cringeworthy or a little bit more terrifying because like you have to be able to process where you're at. 
and where you're going to go and what this looks like, because you guys talk about all the time, you don't forget your birth story. And if you don't feel prepared, if you don't feel like, and granted, like it's hard, especially for a first time mom, like you're not going to be prepared. Like it just doesn't exist. Like you're not going to be prepared to be a parent. Um, But like, if you're not emotionally ready to make like this marathon of an athletic event to have your child earth side, like that, like goes into the tissue. Your tissues hold your emotions. They hold your stress. And people are always like, oh, I've got stress in my shoulders. I'm like, you've got stress in other areas and it includes your pelvic floor. And so like for me, like the essence, the power of a woman is her pelvic floor. We we grow life from there. Nobody else gets to do that but us. And well, granted, you know, other species that doesn't count right now. Um, So like, like that's my very first thing that we start with. And like, I want to go over your fears. I want to go over what you're terrified of. I also want to go over what you absolutely cannot handle happening. So some women, they are like, oh, heck no. I will never have a C-section. I will push for 72 hours. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's back that up and talk about why. Like, let's go through why you're at this emotional state that you are. And then, then we can move on to the actual physical side of growing a tiny human, dealing with all of the hormones and learning how to get your pelvis moving in ways that are comfortable for you. Like not everybody likes cat camel or, you know, like specific types of movements. Um, I'm like, I was always that weird kid in PT school. They're like, oh, this cue works for everybody. And I'm like, that wasn't me. I don't, can, can I have another one? And so like, for me, it's like, emotional and then we go to mental and then we go to actual movement to help prep your body and the first like the last six weeks there's a lot of growth happening there's a lot of movement happening there's a whole lot of hormones and things that are fluctuating on top of what we're creating emotionally just you know with the neurotransmitters in our brain and how things are going so I want to go through all of that and make sure that you know that you have options that there are other ways to do labor and birth that there are other ways to move outside of well I can't run anymore because I'm too big so I can't exercise anymore or you know like just whatever these these really thought processes are and making sure that they're healthy that they make sense and that they work for that woman and her spouse yeah I love that you say healthy thought processes because I think so often people use the word should and what I've recognized in practice is like should is such a shame word (laughs) Absolutely. Like when people are like, you should be feeling this right now. My clients are always like, but I'm not. Does that mean something's wrong with me? Automatically feeling ashamed because something's going on. I think that's so important. And I love that. It sounds like we do things very similarly because I also start with the emotional and then the mental. And then we go into the movement side of things because that's when, you know, counseling or hypnotherapy or meditation or breath work, all of that needs to be activated more so And I think that it's a really incredible thing that each client gets to get that with you in that like last six weeks of pregnancy. And I know for me, I have started recently giving, and any of my clients that are listening out here knows this, or anybody that's actually ever talked to me (laughs) knows this. I give clients like a stress management plan at the same time that I give them like a home exercise program, because it's so important to not only say, I'm going to manage my stress and keep my stress low, but to also recognize what are these thoughts and these patterns that you're feeling? Why are we afraid? What's causing that? Where's that coming from? And then is that an absolute truth? Is it absolutely true that you have to choose a C-section versus a vaginal delivery? Is it absolutely true that you have to choose a vaginal delivery versus a C-section? And why is it not absolutely true, right? Because just as Dr. Page had said, 
nothing with birth is absolute. (laughs) How many times, and you all know, we've had several um, people on the podcast share their birth stories where it's just like, I had a birth plan and then it just didn't happen. And it went like totally different than what I planned on. And I think that that's really important going into the third trimester. And I always talk to my clients about that's a big possibility. And I think that it's something that we need to prepare for, but also calm into and like let ourselves feel what that feels like, because it is kind of, you know, a situation where postpartum, we may grieve what we thought our birth plan was going to be. And then it didn't become that. And there's just so many emotions that go into it. And so I love that you touch on that because honestly, when you think about the unfortunate, like the unfortunate statistics with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, and even anxiety during pregnancy, which I don't know about you, Dr. Page, but I've been seeing a ton of and I don't know if it's just this year, it's just been hitting me this year, but I'm seeing client after client after client asking the question, like, am I going to tear? Am I going to rip open? And that's definitely something that I'm going to be covering on Coffee and Vulvas on one of my like personal episodes, mini series. But I would actually like to hear if you're okay with answering this question, like how do you answer that question for your clients when someone comes in? Because it is a common fear. It's something that people talk about because like you said, moms talk about it grandparents, daughters, cousins, all the people that have had, not daughters, but you know what I mean? Not all the people that have had babies before us that are talking about, you know, ripping open, having tears, episiotomies, all of this. How do you answer the question? Am I going to rip open? So the answer is like, it looks like what 72% of birth result in some type of tearing. Mm -hmm. And for me, like the answer is like, I, first off, we're going to address the word rip mm-hmm. because yes, your tissue tears, but it tears when you get a cut. It tears when you, you know, get a strawberry from, you know, like you were riding your kid's bike and you fell off of it. So like, why is it all of a sudden a rip down here? It's your tissue is made to move. It's made to expand and it does. Um, but sometimes like baby needs a little bit more room. And our bodies are like legitimately made to do this and then heal themselves back. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, ha- and I, I'm going to use this because my sister's grandmother actually said it to her. She was like, well, it looks like your vagina is going to be flapping in the wind from how bad that was. And I was like, dear Lord, have mercy on my soul before I take this woman out. Like, <laughs> and, and God bless her. She's a, you know, anyway, that's not the point. The point is like, one, like how we talk about these things matters because like tearing may not be the best word. And I can't tell you what the best word is for it right now, but I know ripping is something that we're going to be like, it's not that aggressive and it's not that life changing the way that you've heard it. Mm-hmm. And our bodies, like when we do have the tear, it actually heals better than when we have just a straight line cut. And it's just because like the body is able to stitch things back together at more jagged edges a little bit better, but it also changes the um, physics behind how the actual scar moves. And if it is like an actual physiological tear, like you actually heal better than an episiotomy does because with an episiotomy, it's a straight line. You get pulls of tension straight up and straight down, which isn't actually necessarily how the body likes to do things. And so like, yes, there is, you know, such opportunities that you may tear and it's higher for new moms, but we can work on that. And we can also work on making you comfortable with doing a prenatal massage or having your partner do a prenatal massage, which is shown to be significant for just the emotional sides of these things so that we can prepare your tissue 
And if it does happen, we'll teach you how to heal from it and heal really well. But once again, this is a normal occurrence. And, you know, it might not be our best part of birth, but it gets you your baby. And we are going to work through this and also, once again, through the emotional sides of what this looks like and making you look at it and see how well you're healing because your body is legitimately producing a tiny human and it's keeping that human alive and you're healing. Like, I don't know how many more superpowers you can have at one time. I know. I know. I, I love that you said like that hit home for me because it's something that I tell clients a lot, but I don't know that I've actually voiced the recognition of that on this podcast is like words matter so much in conversations with any woman and any transition of her life, but specifically during pregnancy, Mm -hmm. um, because that's like what we're talking about here. But it is so important because I love what you mentioned about like the word ripping. And I'm glad that you touched on that because that was going to be like my comeback. Like, why do we, why do we say ripping? Why do we say that? Because it sounds so terrible when you say it that way. And I would, I always challenge my clients when they ask me that question. I'm like, well, why are, why are you wording it that way? Like, what is the actual, like behind the scenes, that story, what are we telling ourselves that this is actually means? And I love that you say about the tissue healing, because that does require, it requires a lot of being realistic. Um, I think that birth is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And it's something that we need to discuss all of these because the unfortunate part, the majority of people that talk about the, and again, you can correct me if you don't see this in your practice, but A lot of people that come in and they talk about like the ripping or the tearing or whatever that might be are the ones that were not educated that it was a possibility beforehand. And so then that's when that negative connotation around it started. And that's just based on what my experience has become. But my clients that come in to me and we discuss the possibility, here are all of the things that we can do to do our best to prevent. But immediately after, if it happens, this is what I want you to do. This is how you care for the tissue. If you have stitches, this is what I want you to focus on. And really getting that full on education about how to actually care for your pelvic floor, because that's the cool part is it does heal. It's like I tell people, don't put freaking soap up there because it also cleanses itself. Like it's, oh, our vaginas are <laughs> Our pelvic floors, our vulvas, it's all amazing. <laughs> and like, this is why we do what we do. Yeah. Like you didn't go into PT school going, I want to look at vaginas all day. If anything, we were like, oh, dear God, I don't want to do that. Who wants to do that? But, like, they do so much. And, like, the pelvic floor, the, you know, the uterus, the placenta, they do so many things that it's impossible to not be like, oh, my gosh, this, this creates life. Like, if, if we're not going to go anywhere else, like, that is just a, like, tiny miracle of a thing that occurs in the human body, especially, you know, obviously for females. And it's just like this, this is why we do this because there's no other area that does this. Mm-hmm. And there's also very few people who are willing to say the word vagina and like, and talk about it. And the more we educate, the more we give the possibilities and lay it out flat so that people understand what potentially may or may not happen. They are more prepared to deal with it in the future. Now, there are some women that are like, I just want to stick my head in the sand. Give me the epidural. We'll figure it out after that. And I'm like, cool. That works for me too. I'll see you in a couple weeks. (laughs) And like, then we move on for what they have then. But once again, it's like, somebody's got to have this conversation. Somebody's got to start it somewhere. And, you know, I refuse to let anybody else that I come in contact with not talk about this. Mm -hmm. And like, all of our friends, you know, are starting to have babies or are having babies and more of this keeps popping up. And I get more questions like, 
well, why do we have so much shaking after birth? Like, why am I still getting, you know, what feels like labor pains when I'm, you know, breastfeeding? Why is breastfeeding so hard? And I'm like, okay, somebody didn't tell you what this was going to be like. Somebody didn't talk about these things. So we're going to talk about it now. And then they're like, where were you six months ago? Where were you six weeks ago? And I'm like, I'm here now. We're going to get this figured out and we're going to help your body in the way that it needs and the way that she's asking for, because how often are we like, well, I should be doing this once again, should, I should be exercising. I should be eating better. I'm six weeks. I should be back to running. I should be doing this. And then it's like, your body's not asking you for that. You may be a professional dancer. You may be, you know, this really professional athlete who's spectacular, but what is your body asking you for? Because she produced your baby, your light of your world who may be keeping you up every single hour of the day, but like she produced this for you. Can we give her what she's asking for, what she needs? Mm. Wow. I love that. I think that's a really big missing part with education during pregnancy and going into postpartum as well. Because you're absolutely right. I could go on about 65 different soap boxes on what you just said too. And I, I will spare the audience because I get comments all the time. People are like, I just watched the podcast for your soapbox. And like, yeah, I go down rabbit holes. I get on soap boxes. You all are going to get the real deal with me all the time. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I think that that's so incredible the way that you explain that in a sense of like, what does your body need and actually teaching the mom and the new mom how to learn, like, what is my body saying to me right now? Because it is going to be different than it was during pregnancy than it was before. It is going to be asking for different things. And she is going to be asking you to do certain things that you didn't initially think were going to be necessary or to not do things like that. And so I think it's important that you all like rewind that and listen to that a few times because that's incredibly powerful for you to ingrain in your brain during pregnancy and how like important it is for, to recognize that your body is going to be different. Cause I hate the bounce back culture. I hate the, Oh, I got to get back to this by six weeks. Oh, I'm cleared. So everything's great. Like drives me nuts. And I love how you explain that. And it's so, 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 so important that you I, listen. <laughs> I actually experienced, and like, I've never been pregnant. I've never had a kiddo, but like, I came out of D1 college sports mm -hmm. and I went straight into PT school and PT school like was anxiety producing. I was driving an hour one way, all of these things, lots of life events occurred. And I had one person ask me, they're like, well, aren't you scared that you're gaining weight? Am I gaining weight? Yeah. Like, aren't you afraid that you're going to lose whatever fitness that you had? Well, why is fitness some destination? Mm. why why do we have to only be fit and it's fit or you're fat there, there's no other options like this is a journey and sometimes like we need to listen to what our body is asking us for and it can't be a hundred percent all of the time because otherwise you're just going to resent your workouts you're going to resent your body and it's a, this long journey that sometimes like postpartum you know, post-injury, whatever it may be, you have to take a break. But then when you get to go back, it is so much sweeter because like, you're like, my body has healed. My body can do this. And I want to do this. And it's not, I should be doing this. Yeah. I should be doing that. And it's like, that's part of one of my big things. Like fitness is a journey and not a destination. And that just starts with a whole mindset, like mindset shift about where you're at versus where we're going because you're never going to be static mm -hmm. and when we're static like worse things happen because you just 
we get burnt out on whatever it is, whether it's your job, whether, you know, it's raising kiddos or an exercise, like this should be a growth mindset. And we are always growing, whether you're growing a human, you're, you know, whatever we're doing, like we are always growing. So what does your journey look like and how do we make that more positive? Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's such an incredible way to think about that. And also the journey aspect is important because we bring that up, I think, during pregnancy, as far as like preparing for a marathon, we all talk about that, but it's also like, why don't we reframe the words around that and prepare, prepare for this new journey? Cause it is, mm-hmm. it's a journey and every day you're going to learn something new. Every minute you're going to learn something mm-hmm. new. And I think really respecting that and then learning what all those little steps are and what they're telling you is a really cool thing because you're just more powerful when you have a baby, quite honestly, like you're really just like, it's a phenomenal thing. I know it doesn't feel that way usually initially, but I tell my clients all the time, like, look at what just happened. Like, let me, let me show you what just happened. Like, let me show you what happened inside your womb from day one to day now, this, whatever this is. And then I want to show you what your pelvic floor did. And then I want you to see that you're still standing. (laughs) We're still talking. Like it's phenomenal to think about those things. And I think that we don't, we definitely don't give ourselves enough credit. And I love, I love all of the things that you've explained. Um, But yes, so I know that there's like a million other things that we can talk about on this podcast. I could go on for days and days and days, but I would really love for you to spend just a little bit of time talking to people about how they can find you. What resources do you happen to have for them? Do you have any information on like websites or your like Facebook page, whatever that is? Do you have any information about what they can find for like birth guidelines and how they can like connect with you? Yeah. So I am all over Instagram and Facebook. Um, I know that's your preferred method of of conversation. Um, It's just such a wonderful tool. So you can find me at rechargeperformancetherapy.com. Well, .com is my website, but just Recharge Performance Therapy. That's the name of my company. Um, I shorten it to RPT for a lot of things. Um, and that was a whole other story about why it's named the way it is. Um, but you can go to rechargeperformancetherapy.com and I have, um, I have a chronic pain ebook. I have a diastasis recti ebook. I have um, a free movement guide that I just kind of created. And it's, it's just this PDF of a bunch of movements that you can do to help prepare your body. Um, and it's like linked to videos of me doing it. And I might look ridiculous in half of them, but it's totally fine. Um, and those are just things that I'm like, the, people need this information. Um, and so that's what I've created so far. And you can you know find links on that on social media as well. Um, and I might not be as active as Dr. Kaylee is on Instagram, but like I'm posting and we're posting labor tips and both of us are making sure that this information is getting out there. Um, and then, you know, people can always call me my, you know, my, this, the business number goes straight to my cell phone because who actually has like a business phone anymore? Like everything is straight to my cell phone and that thing is like glued to me. So it's just like text me call me. I tell my patients all the time, like whenever you work with me, and I know this is the same for you, like you get me 100% of the time, unless I'm asleep. Good luck reaching me on my phone when I'm asleep because it's just not going to happen. But other than that, like I'm here for you, like text me, send me videos. I want to know what's going on. Like I want to be able to help you through whatever steps these is. So like I try to make myself as available as possible just to make sure that moms know that they're cared for by somebody other than their spouse. (laughs) I love that. So please, and all of that's going to be in the show notes as well on how to connect with Dr. Page, all of the information that we can find about her. Please take time to go and follow her. Make sure you're following her content. Say hello. Tell her you listen to the podcast because she's a really cool human. And she also just 
has a passion that you want to be around, especially if you are pregnant going through these transitions, because what I've noticed is a lot of clients come to me after they meet me online because they feel inspired or they feel like they were just told that it's okay to feel the way that they feel. And it is okay for you to feel the way that you feel. And we are here for you to help you along the way and hold your hand or find you resources or help you find someone that can help you. So please don't be shy. Make sure you reach out to her. She's an incredible person. She would be more than happy to answer questions, I'm sure. And we would, yeah. And we are super thankful that you were all on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Dr. Page, for coming on and spending some time with us. We are excited to get this out here so that we can just serve more women all around the world. Absolutely. One step at a time. One person at a time. One step at a time. One person. And you said earlier, one mom at a time. I love that. That's a great like slogan to go by. I love that. (laughs) But until next time, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to an episode of Vaginas and Vertebrae, and we will see you next time. Bye.